If you love the 86 Transformers movie soundtrack and missed out on last year's Respect the Prime album, well, you have another chance. Distortion Productions is releasing Respect the Prime 1986 Revisited Convention Edition this summer with two additional bonus tracks by the band Thoughtform. This release will be physical only and limited to 300 copies with all proceeds being donated to cancer research. It will be available exclusively at TFCon Toronto, TFCon DC, Dark Side of the Con 2, and there's also a limited number available at distortionprod.com. The album cover art features Galvatron rocking out and was created by IDW fan favorites Nick Roach and Josh Perez. If you love the 86 movie soundtrack, and let's face it, if you're listening to this, you probably do, be sure to get to a convention this summer and grab this album. Hello, all sentient beings, and welcome to the Transmissions Podcast, where we talk about all news, toys, and comic books related to the Transformers. All right, we're here at TFCon 2017. This is Transmissions Podcast. I'm your host, Big C. I'm joined by Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hello. And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hey, what's up? And we've got some very special guests here. <laughs> Boy. He, he didn't do the line. <laughs> do the line, Daryl. <laughs> Continue. Let's, let's talk Transformers. <laughs> There's no gun put, put to his head. It's right. fine. We're privileged to talk to three veteran Transformers comics creators here at TFCon. <laughs> John Barber is the former editor of IDW Transformers Comics, among many others. Also the writer of Transformers Robots in Disguise and the current follow-up series, Optimus Prime. Alex Milne is the fan-favorite Transformers Comics artist, best known for Transformers More Than Meets the Eye. Josh Perez was the longtime colorist for Transformers Robots in Disguise and does awesome Transformers art, particularly featuring his favorite character, Bumblebee. Love you, the Bimble Band. If that isn't enough, these are the three people who helped us make our transmissions exclusive to All Our One. Number one, cover reality. Thank you all for that. And now they've got a new project, the five-issue crossover series, Rom vs. Transformers Shining Armor. We've gotten to see the first issue, and spoiler, it's awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, it's, it's fucking <laughs> so thanks guys for joining us and, and sitting down and talking to us at TFCon we really appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time we know it's a hectic weekend thanks for having us thanks for having me yeah. not wrong with those guys <laughs> <laughs> they, they said something about money <laughs> I'm ready for my close up Mr. Producer <laughs> So, I mean, before we get into Ron versus Transformers, we did want to, since we all we have you all here together, I think this is the first time we've talked to you all together, we've talked to each of you individually, what did you think of our idea to sponsor a custom cover? Did, did you think we were crazy? Like, uh, I mean, I, I think this is something that, that stores do and conventions do, but, you know, I, at least we weren't aware of any podcasts that were doing this before. We're saying that we're the first. Regardless. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. The first one, I, the first one I've heard of, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, no, it was cool. I don't know. I thought it was a cool idea. Yeah, I don't know. I remember, like, it took a minute to maybe explain to Hasbro what it was, but it was just to explain what it was. You know. uh, yeah, so I thought it was a cool idea. I kind of, I kind of I, I, I think, you know, maybe there are a lot of places where maybe it makes sense to, you know, to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I don't know. I don't know a lot, but you guys made sense. I don't know. It was, it was cool. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. I call dibs if you do it again. Oh, okay. right. and me too. Dibs as well. <laughs> I, I wanted to be a, a fly on that conversation while with the Hasbro, just be like, yeah, this, these four guys, uh, <laughs> they want to, they want to do this cover. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I don't know what what, what it would want to be really. It's uh, they just they got some money they want to throw. At them. Uh, can we can we just let them put a put a cover on a book? <laughs> Well, I mean, we, this also is a little bit bittersweet because a year later, uh, Now Till All or One is ending. So what did, what did you guys think of that series in general? Well, I'm sorry that cover killed it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, well, we're sorry. It's a collector's item. Yeah. <laughs> you know. uh, I liked it. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I edited the first, I guess... Less than half of it, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I love it. I thought I think Margaret and Sarah were doing and are doing and hopefully will continue to do an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I know Margaret's going right into uh, First Strike, and uh, she's, she's writing that with uh, uh, David Rodriguez and uh, uh, Max Dunbar's drawing it. Um, so you'll, there's more, there's more Margaret coming. Uh, and Sarah, you know, is fantastic, and you know, I think she's doing a great job. I don't know. I, I love the series. I like, I like seeing somebody else. I mean, because I kind of got started, you know, some of the stuff on, on you know, on Cybertron with the, the some of the, the the politics going on there, and yeah. you know, um, it was really cool to see somebody else kind of take that and, and run with it and go in, you know, a different direction. Maybe I, you know, different different kinds of stories than I than I would have told. And I thought it was really fantastic. I think it was a really good mix with uh, with the other books. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> they're giving the thumbs up. You can't hear it on the podcast, but they're giving the thumbs up. Oh yeah, it's not a visual medium. <laughs> we do have cameras. I, I enjoyed Tillar one. Um, I think uh, Sarah does a really, really good job, and um, I'm, I'm impressed that she hasn't needed to take a break on it too. So yeah. that's like that's one of my goals one day. Maybe I'll get to there. <laughs> Probably not. But <laughs> if I cut back on some detail. Maybe, but um, I'm just I'm pleased uh, like uh, with like the work that she does, and she gets to work with Starscream, and she does like a fantastic job with Starscream, and made him like even better in my opinion. So awesome! I mean, the Starscream's okay, but the Bumblebee. <laughs> Is it, are these in stereo? Like, can we do we get do we each get one channel? And we get, yeah. So we get, yeah. Like, I don't know where this. I don't know where this is so loud. Yeah. I hear them in both ears. That's yeah. terrible. Everyone gets their own channel except for the shared mics. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, ROM versus Transformers is coming out of the whole revolution event. So, this was a big change for the Transformers comics. Uh, what do you think of the, the new status quo almost a year later now? Somebody else go first. Is, is this the status quo of uh, like the Hasbro? Yeah, the Hasbro shared universe. I love it a lot because, I mean, a lot of, I'm, I'm sure everyone as kids, you know, you have your toys and if you got some G.I. Joe's and some Transformers, they're all going to play together. They're usually not going to be isolated. And that's what that's what it feels like for me is uh, is that and I really like uh, as far as ROM Transformers is concerned I really like that it's possible now mm-hmm. uh, because it's with Transformers you're kind of restricted I think for artists and writers that most of the time you're going to be writing uh, you know Cybertronians and metal creatures but with uh, Hasbro having a lot of organic properties now you can have all these new exciting characters in there and they're characters people know but they're 
they're like for the artists and for you, you can do something different you can do something a little bit more relatable or you can go a little out there with uh with like space and stuff like with the dire rates you can do like alex does amazing things with them Cool. <laughs> Over. <laughs> you can bring in a completely different set of metal people to meet the Transformers. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they, they don't have like all the parts hauling or off of them, so like it's a, little, a little easier to draw. It's like metal men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Metal people. Nice. And, and they don't have mouths. Yeah, that's, that's true. Well, the bear has a mouth. Oh, the no. bear has a mouth. The bear has a mouth. <laughs> Stargirl has a mouth, dude. She does. She, has she doesn't count. She, she <laughs> is not the same. She's unique. She does have the mask, though, too. Yeah, she, she does. does. So, yeah, she, she sometimes has a mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, this is kind of a, a meta question, but I mean, we, we, we always kind of struggle with Transformers comics kind of not being accepted by the wider mainstream comics, you know, kind of relegated to the licensed toy comic. Uh, what do you think we need to do, or Transformers comics need to do to get that kind of recognition, or get com- you know compared to books like Batman and Spider Man? I mean, I think they're getting critical acclaim, but that critical acclaim doesn't seem to be translating to you know wider kind of comic reader acceptance. I always find that kind of weird because, especially nowadays, with uh, you have Warner Brothers owning DC, or at least with DC, you have Marvel with Disney. Um, it's all, it's. I think all comics now are essentially uh, licensed franchises, uh, and if they, I mean, all of them have toys, all of them have merchandise now, and that's where I don't. I don't know about like the individual comic sales mostly itself, but you see a lot of the money coming in from the merchandise too. Um, I think right now what just needs to change. People need to uh, stop seeing like the big two, and they're good comics, but they need to stop seeing those as like the more sophisticated comics, and the only place that sophisticated uh, action comics can be birthed from, because. Uh, like especially like uh, as of lately with IDW Comics, uh, Transformers has become a lot more than just introduce a toy, you know, kill an old, old toy off. There's a lot of world building going on with uh, the Hasbro universe popping in there. Uh, there's just a lot more chances to, to introduce new characters and, I don't know, kind of refresh a franchise that's kind of been relying on itself for a long time. Well, I mean, it's been doing good. Transformers has been doing amazing by itself, but it's just fun to put in a little bit new stuff in there because... The Marvel Universe, you know, you get Spider-Man, you know, hanging out with Captain America and all these guys, and you know, the same thing with the DC Universe. So it's nice to do that now with with uh, Transformers. So it's, I, I think essentially it's the same. I just think it's people's attitudes towards it because I think their first thought is, I grew up with those toys, you know, and they don't look at it as there are good stories in these books. Yeah, that's just I don't know. I, I kind of think the attitude has changed over the years. I mean, I think where we are now is really different than it feels like when I got on, you know, like when I started working on this stuff. I think a lot more people, a lot of that comes down to uh, uh, Alex and uh, James on, on uh, More Than Meets the Eye. Yeah. Uh, and sort of the, you know, the acclaim that that's got and the people talk about that and, and you know, where that gets to, uh, you know, where, where that's become in, the, in, in modern comics. Um, uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's a different... Um, yeah, the, the world's shifting, and at the same time, I also think a lot of the mainstream superhero stuff is sort of shifting the other direction, where, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, you couldn't be, like, a Captain America fan unless you read comics, and now I think there's a lot of people that consider themselves Captain America fans that have never read a comic. You know, they, they, they see the movies, they buy the breakfast cereals, and the TV, <laughs> you know, the, 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 yeah, I mean, like, the, 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 it was really rare to see these comic book 
you know, t-shirts and, yeah. and stuff just in regular life. And now it's... I, 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 half of America must have a Captain America, the Captain America Shield t-shirt that uh, Target was selling a couple years ago. Um, you know, or whatever. Pick whatever character. You know, like, uh, you know, same thing with, like, Wolverine or something. There's... Um, the, the the fandom can become more fragmented where I think there's probably people now that are just going to those characters and, not, and will read the comics. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think there's... I, I think the people... I think the acceptance has shifted a lot in the Transformers stuff. I mean, I think, I think telling more stories that were more um, human, for want of a better word, you know, at, at, at making them... Um, getting people that, that, that uh, hopefully got, you know, got the characters both visually and, and in terms of, you know, story and, and personality. Um, I think that's helped. And I don't know, you know, it, it keeps moving, but I think it's... It feels different to me now than it did when I started. Okay. <laughs> Alex, I, <take> care. <laughs> well, I, I feel like to, just to follow up on that point, I feel like uh, a, the the wider kind of mainstream audience really only sees the Transformers from the live action movie properties, which <laughs> I, I'll just say doesn't have the same respect for storytelling that the comics they, they, do. They did when they when they were movie comics. They had some really good stories. Yeah. <laughs> well, the movie comics made them make sense. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I feel like it. You know. It, as a Transformers fan trying to tell people, no, there are real, real good Transformers <laughs> stories out there, and it's a, you know it's a little bit of an uphill battle, but uh, hopefully we can you know we can keep fighting that. Um, so uh, before uh, I know this is a long preamble, but we did get some questions from uh, a listener who wanted to just ask, uh, what were your what are your favorite characters to write slash draw? So Alex, I'll start with you. What's your favorite character to draw? Oh. Um like right now or like what has been in the past uh let's say current and, and if there's an all-time favorite too if you can <clears throat> um well i'd say like i enjoy drawing megatron from more than meets the eye okay. um that was a very fun take i got to rework a an iconic character and i was just like wow this is pretty epic so uh, I know that Andrew Griffith got to work with Optimus Prime, and I got Megatron. So I was like, I was like pretty, pretty uh, happy about that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> also, uh, like currently, I really enjoy drawing Starscream. I, I've always wanted to draw more Starscream, and thankfully, our new book has lots of Starscream in it, and I just <laughs> love drawing him. Nice. Uh, Bumble. Bumblebee. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was why I liked. That's why I liked yeah. R.I.D. That's why I liked Till All Are One. That's why I liked Rom vs. Transformers. Nice. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> was that in your contract to uh, to come on board? I was like, this book has to have Bumblebee. In it. I'm sorry. Any book I work on needs a beat. <laughs> uh, uh, for me, I, I really um, RC. I, I love writing her. Um, Starscream yeah, has just been one of my favorite characters to write, and it's. it's I'm glad to. I mean, I feel like we, he kind of gets shared with between Tall All or One and Optimus Prime. Although he's been, you know, definitely more into Tall All or One. Um, but it's nice to get a chance to really kind of dig into him and in, uh, in the past in uh, Shining uh, Shining Armor. And uh, Prowl's he's still my all time favorite. He's, he's he hasn't been in the book for a while, but yeah, I'm delaying that for myself as much as anybody else. 
<laughs> He'll be back. <laughs> um, is there a favorite uh, like story arc or moment or contribution to the overall Transformers legacy slash mythology that you could point to in your uh, your run? No. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm that Optimus. That latest Optimus Prime issue was pretty damn good. Was, like I actually started to cry reading it. Was like wow, this is really really good. Thanks. Well, I said it when I said that the case said that she uh, case on draws that she uh, she was crying and she read the script. I was like, oh, okay, okay. And then she sent the, the pencils in. And I was like, oh, okay, now, now I'm kind of crying. Like, like, the way she drew it was really, really good. You you really, I mean, I, I think you got everyone, because I read the solicits, I'm like, wait a minute, this is like, this is basically telling the whole story, what's going on? And then it's like completely reading the comic, like, yeah. oh. <laughs> I think we glazed over something here. Alex has emotion. Hey, remember Terminator 2? Uh, it took a while <laughs> just, just for him to, to, to say hasta la vista and stuff like I that. I know now why you cry. <laughs> something I can never do. <laughs> That's essentially what he said. <laughs> uh, but see, any, any moments for it, you know, that you can think of? Well, I think for, I mean, it's easy, like, I think for Alex, I mean, the whole run on, on more than meets the eye. I mean, like that, the, just the way, the way that world was interpreted, and, and the way those the, the you know those characters, both in terms of James' script, but also Alex. I mean, the way you, you, you drew those characters uh, is going to affect the way people look at Transformers. I mean, probably from now on, but definitely for you know, the next couple decades. I think. Like, I don't think I just don't think you, you can approach the stuff the same way as you could before. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, and I mean, I, I, I like the and your Josh's colors on those RID issues. You know, when you go back and look at those early RIDs, the amount of thought and, and texture and, and like, that, <laughs> like, like like not, not only appears, <laughs> not, not only the literal texture, but like the the, the way that you made that you made you know, Andrew's lines. You know, like it, it feels. Uh, like it felt like a Blade Runner world or something. You know what I mean? Like you could feel the you could feel the air. You could feel the the scan lines and the holograms <laughs> and on the TVs and the way uh, you know it had, had a real particular you know uh, uh, texture to it. I think that uh, texture, sorry, but you know, a real particular uh, uh, feel to it that, 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 that came a lot out of out of what you know out of that color out of the the art that the, the painting into it. You know, digitally. Um, Josh does glowy stuff really well. I like that. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's, uh, there was a rule with Dreamwave that actually I, I've never been able to stop doing, and the rule for Dreamwave was uh, functioning robots' eyes should always glow. Okay. So that's, I can never have a Transformer with non-glowing eyes. Yeah, I agree with that. And one thing I really liked was just like all the lines and the lights and stuff on it just really... I mean, you can tell this is a character that's alive and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just stuff always moving unlike the movies where you have like bits and pieces moving it just seemed to come across better I got fun lines and fun riders to work with <laughs> Mr. Transmissions <laughs> so uh, I know Ron versus Transformers uh, I know when we talked to you Alex earlier you said this was kind of ticking all your creative boxes is there any like if we remove kind of all the like licensee restrictions and you know 
take any universe, any uh, you know, any era, any kind of uh, setting or whatever. Is there is there a story you'd like to tell within Transformers that uh, that you know that this is your you know fantasy wish fulfillment? What you'd like to do? Um, I have a, a bunch of ideas that I'm not going to discuss openly because <laughs> I, I don't want anybody stealing. <laughs> um, but like with, with this story that we're working on right now, like that's it's still just like I'm amazed like what we're getting to work with mm-hmm. here and what I'm getting to draw. So like still right now, like what I'm doing right now is like an ultimate high right now. <laughs> cool. All right, so let, let's talk about that. So, so uh, John, I ask you. I mean, you're you're co-writing this with uh, with Christos Gage, and you know, sadly he's not here. I asked him if he would be here, so we'd have the whole creative team here. But he <laughs> shot me down. Making some TV show or something. <laughs> like for this specific interview, like, can you just come to Toronto for yeah for I mean, six I, o'clock tonight? Well, I mean, I said, I, well, this was a couple months ago. I said, well, we you know we have all the Rom versus TF creators except you, so. You know, come on, get, get your ass to <laughs> But um, so where so where did the idea come from uh, to do this story involving Rom and the Transformers and set in the past? Yeah. Um, well, so so originally, so when I was uh, pitching uh, Revolutionaries, which is a series that's uh, got like Transformers characters and GI Joe and Action Man. Um, hey, yeah, <laughs> one of the. Uh, uh, one of the stories I, I, I had in there was uh, this idea that there's a transformer on Earth who like didn't know it was a transformer, like you know, like didn't realize it was a Cybertronian and just just thought it was its own thing. Um, it was kind of like a, a, a Superman riff, sort of, you know, like, like raised in, in the Midwest, you know, and all, all you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, uh, Michael Kelly at Hasbro, who's like great, I, I, I really love working with Michael. I, you know, I still like like talking to the guy, and he has like a really good story sense, and he didn't like the story. And I was like, oh, I don't believe it. You know, it's so good, it's so good. And he's like, oh, you should do uh, Hearts of Steel instead. I'm like, no, you can't do Hearts of Steel. Because then you'd have to do this, and then you'd do this, and then, oh, you'd do this, and you'd do this. And I got really into it. Um, they're told that story a couple times. But the other part of that is that then that, that part was still kind of floating around, that idea of the Cybertronian being raised somewhere. Um, and it wasn't too long after that, I think Chris Ryle emailed me. And I guess they were talking about doing a ROM Transformers crossover. And he wasn't going to write it, but Christos was going was gonna to write it. And they're wondering if I'd want to co-write it with him, so you'd have like he, he uh, Christos and, and Chris Ryle co-write Rom, and then uh, you know I'd, I'd come on and do the, uh, the Transformers part, um, and I was like, oh yeah, that's great. Well, what if we did something with this idea that instead of uh, just being somebody on Earth, this was like a, a, a Cybertronian who was found by the Soul Star Order and became Soul Star Knight, and that to me that made the story way more interesting, you know, to me. Um, but still, kind of let, let let it kind of take some of the same boxes in terms of like pathos and stuff. Uh, but even more so, like really got to build it up because the Soul Star Order is engaged in stuff in space, and they know about Transformers, they know about Cybertronians, and they hate them. Uh, and you know, they're, they're just as far as they're concerned, these genocidal machines. Um, and it was good. So like, the, uh, you know, Christos and I started talking on email, batting stuff back and forth, and then we. Uh, you know, got on the phone, started talking about stuff, and you know, like he was kind of like he's. Um, I mean, he's aware of Transformers, but isn't as, as enmeshed in it. You know, so he's kind of coming to it fresh, which is great to kind of have somebody's eye 
that it, you know, like it's easy for me to get really bogged down in details, as you might have noticed. Um, so uh, uh, I, I wouldn't call it bogged down. That's the stuff I. That, that's my. That's, that, that's fuel for my. For, his crack. Yeah. Yeah. I like it too, but it's good to have somebody that kind of comes in and, and look has fresh eyes and a fresh perspective on it. It also sort of applies that perspective to the Soul Star Knights, you know, like to the to the, that whole, like he's looking at it the way they would, you know, and I'm kind of looking at it the way the Transformers would. So we kind of, you know, really got to work together and, and, and build up the story. Uh, so that was the genesis of it. And I think, um, but I, I, we were, Alex and I were at a convention, we were at the Shanghai convention, and uh, I was talking, I was like hoping you'd, you'd, you'd get to do something. Uh, like I know, I think we had first we were talking about maybe doing an annual all right, I was trying to pitch maybe doing an annual. I still want to do that. Yeah, I want to not. Yeah, I want to not being the annual that happened. <laughs> so, but uh, um, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, getting the chance to you know finally work with Alex and something other than uh, uh, like an editorial uh, thing on, on more than MCI. We we worked together back on was it two Impact comics? <laughs> two or three? Three. three. Okay. Yeah. We did the uh, Starscream, the RC, and the Jazz. Oh yeah, I forgot. It's Starscream on screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, Those are the the, the spotlights. Uh, no, they were um, packing comics for um, Dark of the Moon toys. Oh, yeah. okay. So right basically, nobody's ever seen them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I was, I was just telling you, uh, it's why it just came up. They should reprint those. Like they should, you know, put other. I don't know, you know, get a book of yeah. those out. Why not? They they exist. It'd be nice if somebody saw it. <laughs> wow. So, so how did the writing process go with with you and Christos? Did you like kind of take a draft and he'd take a draft or back and forth or how, how did that work? Uh, yeah. So, um, like I, I, I've known Christos for a really long time. Uh, uh, we almost worked together on a bunch of stuff back at Marvel at some point. So like I, I, that goes back a real long time. Um, we've always been friendly, uh, and he's uh, he's great. I don't know if you, if you guys, uh, I don't know if the Transformers audience is that familiar with him, but he uh, he was one of the writers on season one of Daredevil. Um, he uh, uh, has written a, a ton of comics, a uh, ton of TV. Uh, really, really cool guy, and a, you know, a, a huge ROM fan. Um, so we, we we like we talked it out. You know, we, we wrote it out. I think I wrote. The first draft of the outline, he kind of came in and made a bunch of notes, and we bounced it back and forth. Um, but the thing that that I really wanted to do, and I've done this uh, with um, Andrew and with Livio, and that's maybe it. I tried to do it with Kay, but she she didn't like this style. Is um, writing just the plot, writing plot first, the way like old Marvel comics were done. So instead of breaking things down into panels, they're kind of you know, the the beats are maybe broken down on the page. Um, and I kind of thought Alex might might like that. I don't remember if you'd ever said that or if I just kind of thought that. Um, I don't know. Like I, I just wanted to try thought something different from yeah. uh, a script where I got a whole page description for one panel. So <laughs> something a little bit un- less confining would be nice to work on. Something different. Yeah. I've never done uh, a plot script before, so that was kind of interesting made me really think about what I was putting down on the page too for like storytelling purposes yeah so I just uh, I mean, I don't mean to kind of like just that you uh, so we like we, we, we 
you know, work the plot out and send it to you. And then Alex, I mean, and I knew, I knew you did this because I worked on more than meets the eye, and it didn't always. Um, I don't know. Like, I, like I, we'd say, okay, here's a space station. Uh, and I'm like, oh, there's probably like a, you know, a, a couple dozen people on the space station. And then you come back with, uh, well, no, there's got to be hundreds. And here's the duty rosters. And why, why would you like that? And, and, and I'm like, oh, man, that's great. You know, like, like that, the, 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 you know, and then the, the whole ecology of the planet was, was literally from an email you sent of like, uh, here's, how the, here's how a planet could work. So we were, you know, Alex is really involved in the the, the writing, you know, the the, the, the plotting, the the uh, whole uh, thing. <laughs> I don't know, like, uh, but uh, I mean, the other, like, just, I mean, uh, I, like, I really want to hear you talk about this, but like the way we would write these beats in a page where there'd be like, you know, they're kind of written as like a, you know, four or five, six panel page, you know, which is kind of dense, and then Alex turns in these 10, 11 panel pages that don't feel cramped, you know, there's one, one, just the other, on the newest issue that we're working on, that like, there's like a 10 panel page, which is a lot of panels, and you turn the page, and it's like this, oh, wide open, you know, all of a sudden you, you go from that really kind of confined thing to this really wide open feeling, and it's also a 10 panel page, and I'm like, I, I don't even understand how that works. <laughs> um, I don't know, uh, some, something's come came over me. I'm just like, I guess, with like um, doing Transformers, but I was doing like a heavily science fiction story, but also heavily horror too. I was just like, this is like something that you don't really see in Transformers that much or ever um, <laughs> these days. Um, and I'm just like, I want to. I feel like. I can do like certain things with it, and I'm like I want to do like these really good like backgrounds and like like setup and like uh, like establishing shots, but also I'm like I'm trying out more things with like uh, layouts, panels, and hot progression and like movement. So I'm just I feel like this is giving me the opportunity to expand like my visual storytelling so I'm just trying a bunch of different things to see if they work and thankfully they have been because it could horribly blow up in my face at one point. <laughs> well I mean at least going by the first issue it's been working really well so yeah. we've, we've gotten a chance to look at the first issue uh, I think we were all really blown away by the whole thing so uh, yeah I mean uh, we're looking forward to the rest of the series like, I think there's one, one scene, like there's a scene in uh, issue one um, with Starscream confronting Star Drive. And I don't think anybody's going to really notice it, but I want, like, he's intimidating her a lot, and I was subtly making him bigger and bigger on the page up until the point where the, the, like, the action part happens. So it's like, that's basically, it's not like I'm forgetting the scale, it's more like, how she's feeling he's becoming like super aggressive and larger than life and it's like super intimidating to her so I thought that was like an interesting kind of storytelling Subtle. aspect yeah. awesome Josh how is it coloring all of this because this as, as Alex mentioned this is a uh, a horror book <laughs> so you can't go from the light and fluffy colors of, of R.I.D. 
to uh, <laughs> let's get the stereo going. <laughs> yeah, so you want to hold it. Well, it's, it's actually, it, this has got to be a lot, a, a lot darker, right? You'd think, right? Um, I like it because uh, it. I, I like to color out to stuff in a very uh, like a '90s anime style with the mid steps and the and the darker values, and I like a lot of the horror elements because those lend itself uh, very well to using the mid-steps. It makes uh, creatures feel very shiny and glossy and wet. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, I've said it earlier, but there's a lot of neat uh, rate things happening, the diorates in this book. There's a lot of neat stuff, uh, especially in issue two. There's a lot of neat things that, <laughs> that I like a lot. But actually, uh, I like, um, one of the things I like about Robots in Disguise that I really like about this book is when there get when there's like a ton of background characters that I get to play with. There's this one character, and I, I told Alex this like several times in issue one. There's this one character. There's some action happening uh, in in this like mall space station kind of thing, and there's just this one dude in the background. It looks like he's having the worst day of his life, <laughs> and I love that guy so much. He's my favorite. He's my favorite. We gave him a name, but I forgot what his name was. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, I mean, since this is set in the past, we're kind of, you know, going back to the, like, the unreconstructed uh, Autobot Decepticon War. So is it nice kind of going back to the characters as they've kind of been known throughout most of their history? You know, it's, it's we're back to kind of good guys versus bad guys, and, and, you know, there's not really a lot of gray area between what's going on with the, at least from looking at the first issue, it's... You know, pretty clear. Clear who's who's the bad guys and who's the good guys here, or is it? Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know if you'll be saying that by issue three. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's cool to go back to. I mean, like that's. I love that we've moved the books out of the war and and moved it into something that I think is, you know, more interesting and 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 has more nuance and more possibilities. Uh, it's just different than what we've seen. But it's also really fun to go back and just do a story back in the in the in the war that everybody knows about. Um, I mean, this is a very different take on it because it's kind of the, the war as as um, like non transformers get caught up in it. You know, not only the Soul Star Knights but the people of the planet uh, Zataxis, um, yeah, as we as we get further into the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler. Um, <laughs> I thought that was a nice nod using the taxes, by the way. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of the taxes fans out there. You really want to really want the, the, the taxes We're gonna have, Next year, con nothing but people. Population. Yeah. Well, that was one of those things. I, like, I kind of yeah, looked up on the wiki and, and saw them, and I'm like, oh, I, I want to see what I would. What you guys, you know, what Alex, how Alex draws that, and how you color that. Uh, that would be, you know, redesign them and everything. I think my favorite part of that is like uh, drawing uh, the kids. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what's going yeah. on. Yeah. No, we're not we, there yet. We just we just say things. I really like the scene with the chicken. <laughs> are, are all five issues completed at this point, or is it? Um, no. I'm. I have a few pages of issue four. To finish up, and then issue five will be done by, I'm thinking, the end of August. Okay. Which that book will be out in November. Yeah. So, so pretty pretty lots, far ahead. Lots of time. Yeah. Cool. 
So, uh, Alex, what what was the like the favorite element that you got to design for this book? I mean, you, you did a, you you got to do a lot of different things. Okay, no more video. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Alex, you tell your telekinesis, you gotta calm it down. <laughs> that wasn't my fault. Yeah. Doll's polyphony just starts playing from the Oculus soundtrack. It's my work phone. <laughs> yeah, so so what was your your favorite aspect or element to work on? Uh, there there are too many in this book. Um <laughs> Like, I, I did new designs for a lot of the Transformers, but tried to keep them, like, somewhat what they look like. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, well, why, why not? Like, they could have been trying out new almos to, if they were in different areas at some point. Right. And it's happened in the past, so it's like, you can't say, like, that's, that's not what it's like. It's like, well, like, it could have been like that for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um... I got to do like this crazy space station where I was just like, I wonder what kind of like spaceships I can add in here that I like. <laughs> and so I'm just like, oh, fit the like within reason, like not doing a, a direct copy, but just like a hint that people could be like, that could be that ship, or this could be that one. Like, uh, that's fine. <laughs> no one wants to see us. Anymore. Yeah, no, no, nobody wants to see me. Um, no, they're seeing you. That's not your, your video is going to be perfect. They'll just, they'll, just, they'll just film separate ones. Oh, should we hold it? Notice like the discovery from 2001 in that space station. That's there. It's docked. Oh, I, now I, I gotta go look back to the. Yeah, um, there there are a couple of spaceships in there from uh, other sci-fi properties. I was like, I added them in there. Um, there, like on that on that same page with the space station, there's a scene of just drawing the interior, and I was like, I'm gonna do like some alien like style ramen shop yeah. here because, and like this weird staircase and just like the hustle and bustle of what I thought like an alien spaceport would look like and. I think I went a little overboard with that because it's, like, it's just like a small panel on the page, but it took me like so long to do. Well, it adds a lot. Like, I mean, the, the book is is probably especially the first issue, but kind of the whole thing is super fast paced. Yeah, like like that. Like there, like if you go in, like how many scene changes there are in that book, like radical scene changes from eras and uh, you know and, and and times. But the, you really slow slow it down by by having all that detail in there. Like you really get a feeling that we're in that. That 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 scene for longer than we are, just by the amount of stuff that's in there, you know, like it really uh, really controls the flow of the story in a really great way. Um, so it wouldn't I don't I don't think the story I don't think the book would work if it was if you didn't do that. <laughs> I know it took too long. Thanks. <laughs> what about I mean, of all the designs? What about Star Drive? Yeah, that's oh, kind of a big one that you came up with. That yeah. <laughs> like Star Drive was pretty awesome because I remember. Um, you asked me about ideas for names, mm-hmm. and um, I gave you a bunch of them. But like the one that you picked was also like one of my favorites because <clears throat> that's like a Star Trek reference for me. Oh, okay. because Star Drive uh, is the Star Drive section of the Enterprise D. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's a Star Trek nod there. <laughs> nice, get my tricky nerd on. <laughs> um, but then it's like it was really fun to to design her and like people will see like uh, like in the future issues like 
like some of the really cool yeah. aspects of that character <laughs> come out. Which I hope Hasbro makes a toy of. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, <laughs> I, I like that Star Drive has a lot of little subtle stars on her. Yeah. There's a lot of little subtle stars on her. Just like how many stars can I fit on her? They're like little Mickeys. <laughs> She'll turn into Wonder Woman. <laughs> so I, I just want to warn everyone who's watching or listening, we are talking a little bit of spoilers for the first issue. I did want, I did want to ask a couple of questions just, uh, you know, about... Like, one thing, you know, there's a big... There's kind of a big event in the first issue that really takes advantage of the robots in the skies and also, like, the, the dire wraiths are kind of the, the same as the Decepticons where they use their ability to shapeshift to, uh, you know, to really, you know, make things happen. So I, I really I really enjoyed that, that aspect of the book and, and how, you know, you were able to, to take advantage of both aspects of the, um, you know, the, the ROM characters and the dire wraiths and then the Decepticons. So, I mean... That was, where did that idea come from, and and what, what did you think about executing that? Um, well, like it was in the plot. <laughs> <laughs> so John, John and Chris was, uh, probably came up with that idea, but um, I like the diaries are like so fun to work with because they're shapeshifters. Yeah. So it's like they can be anything. So it just made me feel like I could draw just about anything here and it'll work um, especially uh, since they have like what, what we call like a more aggressive mode at time so you can have like protrusions and lots of spikes and teeth and everything it reminded me of like the movie The Thing like how oh, yeah. it just shifts and looks like anything yeah. so I was like hmm, I wonder how grotesque and uh <laughs> creepy I can make this before Hasbro is like uh, stop it with the teeth <laughs> apparently the answer is very yeah <laughs> probably, they're probably like wow I didn't know he could draw that <laughs> one, of, one of the things with the, the, the like robots in disguise or even the diorates in disguise is that that's such an essential part of like Transformers but it's not one you can keep up you know like, like so whenever you watch any any Transformers fiction or read any of the stuff there's always that point where they're oh, they're, they're going to be completely hidden and it's all going to be about the disguise, and then by the end of the first movie they've destroyed a city, you know, or whatever, you know, like like, and I, I also in, you know in Robots in Disguise when we went to Earth, and uh, you know we had we we were trying to play that up for kind of as long as you can, and it's not that long before you really want to use Devastator, and and you know or, or whatever, you know, like, like it, it kind of falls apart. So it's really great to be able to do something where you can have that. It, and also, a part of the reason it doesn't you can't keep it up is that you can't keep doing that same beat of, oh, they're not robots, so if there's no robots here, look at this page, there's absolutely no, no, there's robots. <laughs> you know, you, you catch on, it says Transformers on the cover, you know, you know, you know that's coming. Uh, so the reader knows something, and it just makes it, you know, it makes it boring if everybody's too dumb to realize that those green, you know, uh, the green cement mixer's a, 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 a Transformer. Um, but uh, but here you can do something really quick and really brutal, uh, especially combining Decepticons with, with uh, like the combined forces of Decepticons with the forces of the Diorates. Mm -hmm. They're both able to kind of kind of sneak in, and they're both able to just you know just walk right into the enemy and strike. And uh, hopefully it comes off real. Uh, I mean, again, spoiler territory, but real real quick and brutal when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of. 
carnage rolls out of that that moment uh, <laughs> as as as, uh, as we get into the next issue. You know, <laughs> I get. Um, I mean, I, I liked how you set up Star Drive and her. You know, her her kind of. I guess adolescence with the Soul Star Order. <laughs> it, it, it made me feel like uh, you were telling a tale like of um, you know it's like colonial the colonial English uh, bring like a, a Native American person back to England, and you know she's she's the kind of quote unquote noble savage, and they they quote unquote civilize her. She's not like all those other savages, yeah. and and you know even though even like even Rom who is more accepting of her, he still has those same prejudices and is like, yeah, you can overcome what you are. You're still, like, the most evil thing ever, but we've <laughs> trained you enough so that you'll, you'll be good now. So I really, I really liked uh, uh, how, you, how you built that into the story. And uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on how, you, how you came up with that. Yeah, I, mean, I think that was... I mean, it, really, when Christos and I were talking about it, the whole the real idea was just, like, the... The Transformers don't look at biological life as being they're they're equal, and the biological creatures of the Soul Star Order don't look at the mechanical life as being its equal. Uh, and it was real. I mean, th- th- this is a metaphor that just pops right out. You know, like it's yeah. just it's right there. Uh, somebody actually asked me today if it was like that kind of the same question. If it was like pointedly, uh, it wasn't really specifically Native American or uh, Native. Uh, indigenous Canadian yeah. people. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, but it didn't, yeah, it wasn't indigenous people. You know, it wasn't specifically that. It wasn't specifically um, like the school, like like the you know, schools that were built up to to train, you know, people. Because yeah. like, she, in the story, she actually is in a, um, I don't think it's apparent from the preview, but she's in a regular school. Like, that was the idea. Um, but that is the, you know, that is the concept, that whole idea of, of, of civilization turning the uncivilized into into that and, and the sort of condescending you know, nature of that, or whatever's worse than condescending, whatever the level above condescending is. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was definitely you know I mean, that, that that really kind of you know grew out of just it just grew kind of naturally out of what Christos and I were talking about, and you know making the story, making sure the story wasn't just you know punching and and you know just here here's Rom punching a bunch of Transformers. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not gonna especially when you, when you like you you know kind of what happens this is two hundred years ago. Like Rom's in a present day comic, you know the the Transformers are in present day comics. You've got to have a compelling story that's going to make that work, and I think we do. You know, and I think there's a lot of unexpected stuff that happens in there, um, but a lot of it I think has to come from that kind of meaning, you know, and, and and the real, you know, what the characters are going through and doing to each other. Cool. All right. Well, I think uh, we'll we'll wrap things up. Maybe I want to end with each of you telling us. What do you want readers to get out of this book, and, and what do you want them to take away from this book? Bumblebee. <laughs> um, I, I like that it, it. I do like the the perspective that it has of uh, how the because the Soul Star the Soul Star Space Force those guys are supposed to be good guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And the Transformers, you got the Autobots, they're supposed to be the good guys. Um, and even though it is in a it's in a part of the war where it is black and white Autobot Decepticon. Um, I do like that there's a part of all, all all the sides involved that you can sort of sympathize and dislike. Um, it's just it's nice. It's nice to see um, the, like a, a different take on the classic war. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's what people are going to enjoy from it. Cool. And Bumblebee. 
with his with his cool new sneakers. <laughs> Badass Bumblebee. <laughs> he's pretty much a nice guy in this. Right? Yeah. He's kind of the one. He's he's got a really good line in issue two that cracked me up. Oh, looking forward to it. Hmm. What was that? that <laughs> it was, and then static. Um. I don't know. I, I feel like uh, I want like uh, fans to read the book and take away um, a larger scale of what happened. Like it wasn't just like you know about the war that happened on Cybertron and all that, but this is showing how it affected more of the universe here. Because like in the preview pages, you have the Galactic Council there, and um, I, met, I saw somebody online saying like, "Whoa, whoa did they just shoot up?" Like people like that ship um, indiscriminately. Like maybe then, like you have different like different races on board those ships. They feel more like prejudice against Cybertronians there. Um, so maybe some rules were not put into place at that time, like dealing with Cybertronians. There that you find out later on, like when they show up in more BCI, maybe there have been some more rules put in from the events of this book here but um <clears throat> it's just neat to see a more expanded universe like hey we got transformers they interact with alien races when they have to here and you see that and it's something that i feel like a lot of like the uh, more outer space like the sci-fi books like till all one in lost light don't deal with or haven't dealt with as much as like what Optimus Prime and like uh, X-Rid used to do like you have them interacting with alien races and I feel like this will help expand that even more and also you get like this really creepy horror comic too <laughs> that, that's, a, that's one of the more fun elements of this that, that is yeah. a fun element both in the storytelling and the art there's a lot of really good horror things happening awesome yeah yeah yeah, I mean, uh, like all that. I mean, uh, I like a lot. But I also, I mean, this comic I think doesn't feel like anything else out there. You know, like, like just the the um, the pacing of it, the the way the way you know it's being all the pages are you guys are designing the pages or Alex designing pages the way you're coloring them. It, it's got this. It's got such a personality to it. Um, and I think you know, Chris uh, Christos and I have just gotten along. You know, great writing the stuff. Like. Uh, um, yeah, you know, so we'll both you know adjust adjust pieces here and there. You know, so it sounds like Rom, and it sounds like there are our heroes and and villains, um, and it uh, just a lot. There's a lot in those issues, um, but hopefully it, it doesn't. You know, it, it, I think it, it it just has its own. Uh, you know what? Its own texture. It's own, <laughs> gonna bring it all back home. <laughs> Do you, uh, do you think this book can convert Transformers fans to ROM fans and vice versa? <laughs> I I don't think we you need to convert. Okay. I just think it's for You don't have to convert them, but like I feel like you might add like a, an appreciation mm-hmm. for these characters too. Mm-hmm. And like I don't see why like with ROM and Transformers they can't like get a, a greater sense of enjoyment from these from this story because like um, hey if you like Transformers and you like the stories with the Galactic Council well Rom and the Soul Star Knights are like that too like they're just another alien faction out there I don't I feel like it's a perfect opportunity 
and start adding like into the universe. Yeah, it's one of the things I think is really so far has worked out is that like if you if you if you're coming from it from a Transformers fan, you don't need to know anything about uh, a Transformers fan perspective. You don't need to know about Rom. You're gonna find out everything you need to know in here, and and you know it's gonna work great. If you're coming at it from Rom, you're probably not listening to a Transformers podcast. But uh, <laughs> but but, but uh, uh, you've never heard you've never heard Transform. If you're listening to this and this is the first time you're hearing about Transformers. Uh, let me explain to you what the idea is. Um, but, uh, but, but if you're coming to it from a ROM perspective, I think it's the same thing. I think you're going to walk into this and you're, you're going you're to come in with the naturally feeling like you're, like ROM's the right point of view and maybe have that questioned as you go on. Uh, I, think it's really, I think it's really cool to imagine people doing that, you know, like, like that don't know these other ones. And if you know both, like it's great. I think you're, you know, so much the better. That's cool too, but like you, don't, you, don't, you really don't need to. I don't know. I think that's a fun thing about it. Any uh, questions for you guys? Um, well, similar to that question, what do you think about the greater you know, comic buying audience that might not be into either? Mm. Do you think this would entice them to check it out? I mean, particularly maybe fans of horror or sci-fi, but you know, in general, do you think that this might bring new readers in to both franchises? I think it could. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I mean, one of the. One of the benefits of like me not not being a, a total expert on Rom and and Christos not being a total expert on Transformers is that we're both writing it so that like everything's right there. Like if you've read every Transformers comic, there's stuff in here that has um, echoes of things that you know. There, there's I think there's little bits and pieces here and there. There's stuff you're going to be able to figure out. You know, like like where the where that spaceship came from. You know, with doesn't really get gone into in the comic. But you'll know if you know there are, are Cybertronian colonies, you know. Um, but if you don't know that stuff, you're not going to feel like you're missing anything. And I feel like this is going to be a really nice self-contained story that you can hand to somebody that, that isn't that familiar with Transformers comics. Where, like, as much as I love um, you know, Optimus Prime, like, that's, a, that's a, a, a complicated read if you've never read a Transformers comic. Uh, I'm not saying you can't do it. Maybe that has lured people in, but... I think this is going to be something that's going to be easier to hand, you know, to just if you if you want if you want to show somebody what a Transformers comic can be, maybe this is going to be an easier one to give. You need a greater under appreciation of that comic, sir. It was a complicated read for me, and I've read a com- <laughs> I've read a number of com- Transformers comics. <laughs> Which one? Uh, Optimus Prime. Brown. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thanks, guys. Uh, Josh Perez, Alex Milne, John Barber. We really appreciate you uh, taking this time. Uh, before we go, is there anything uh, you'd like to plug or talk about any upcoming projects or give your social media and everything, tell everyone where they can track you down on the Internet? Well, I just want to thank the donators of this podcast, <laughs> and um, I hope that they continue. This one, we want to really thank our Patreon supporters and donators. <laughs> <laughs> Hate you all. <laughs> um, well, yeah, like the, the donators are the backbone of this podcast, and I donors. Hope, I hope donors. The, the donators like donors. pick up the book and uh, enjoy it. Um, Ask me hungry because you're saying donors, but I'm hearing donuts. <laughs> Maybe we're all just hungry. <laughs> donut intrigue. I could go for a donut. <laughs> <laughs> all 
All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out Ram. Uh, Ram yeah. Yeah. Night. Uh, Optimus Prime every month. Revolutionaries. Uh, first Strike is coming. I don't know. This isn't. Uh, I don't know. If this has been talked about too much. I'm writing backup stories in the first five issues of First Strike. Um, little uh, pieces that kind of uh, fill in what's what's gone on. Uh, I'm writing uh, Doctor Strange number 25. Oh. Check that out. Yeah, Kevin Nolan's uh, drawing a drawing a big chunk of it. <laughs> it's a present day and a past sequence. So he's drawing past stuff. And uh, yeah, really quick on the backup stories. Do you think that's gonna make a comeback? Because we think, or at least I, I think, that is a, a feature that's not being used to its fullest potential. Yeah, it's uh, you get. I mean, the, hopefully these are good. I mean, the the, the problem with a, a, a putting in the backup stories is nobody's gonna nobody reads the book for the backup stories, well, and there are a lot of times people will look at that and be like, "Oh, why'd you rip me off with these eight pages I don't like?" <laughs> uh, you know, what I mean, even if it doesn't cost any more, that 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 just that happens. And part of it, and it's understandable. Like if you order a, a, a you know a, a delicious dinner and then somebody comes up and kicks you in the face I go I didn't charge you for kicking you in the face I, go, I didn't really want to get kicked in the face though uh, I don't think I'm going to come back to this restaurant are, are the backup stories going to kick me in the oh, they're face? terrible no, no. <laughs> well they, they might give you a gut punch yeah you know, like that off the oh, wow. yeah um, yeah but uh, you know I think it's something like this you know in, in like a first strike kind of thing like, it makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of villains and stuff that come in. It's kind of uh, the villains organizing, you know, or the 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 cabal that's invading Cybertron organizing. So you know, you get little bits of, of, of who's in there and how they joined up. Um, so it, I think in this case it makes sense. It's probably a case by case thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't written that many, so it's fun. All right. And on that note, <laughs> Josh hasn't plugged himself. Yeah. yeah. Plug your plug. I got nothing. Daimuchan's <laughs> good. I got stuff I'm working on, but not, nothing can be announced yet because oh, nothing's been okay. announced. Because San Diego's coming up. Yeah, San Diego's, San Diego's <laughs> yeah. got something I'm working on. Ooh. So, uh, so I believe this, this show will probably go up after ROM comes out. So, everyone pick up the first issue of yeah. ROM versus Transformers Shining Armor. Uh, in your local comic shop, if you're at SDCC, I, you can. I think there's a convention exclusive. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, if you see one, pick one up for me. <laughs> <laughs> and us, yeah. Charles. Just me, just me. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> Maybe the donators will get <laughs> donors. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks uh, for sitting down with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Transmissions. Remember, you can help support the show by donating to us directly via Patreon or PayPal. Once you become a donor, you will receive access to donor-only goodies, like donor-only contests, listening to us record Transmissions live, and getting transmission swag at 20% off. You can find links for this at transmissionspodcast.com slash support. Subscribing to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play is also a great way to support us here at Transmissions. Every subscription we get helps us get better noticed on those services. Leaving us a comment and five-star review doesn't hurt either. Be sure to come chat with us on Discord. You will find a link for Discord at transmissionspodcast.com slash Discord. 
And of course, you can always send us an email at feedback at transmissionspodcast.com. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again next week.